You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. They're on the move. God's people here are moving in the right direction. And you know, what, what a blessing it is to see uh, things going forward for the Lord. Uh, I was talking with a, a pastor friend up in Alaska this morning and uh, just uh, some of the things that are going on up there in the ministry and, and I was just encouraged by it and I sent him a text saying it's good to hear uh, things that are moving forward and you know I think that's, that's good in our own lives too, isn't it? Uh, we, we get into these places of stagnation and COVID has definitely brought a level of stagnation to so many uh, areas of life. Uh, but just in normal life, it's easy to get stagnant. It's easy to get just into a routine and, and nothing really happening. We're just sort of day in, day out. Well, God's people had been in the wilderness 40 years wandering in the wilderness Wandering because they decided not to take God at his word, decided not to step out in faith. And in doing so, there was a 40-year death march, and, and you see how God's people had, uh, had just struggled with that whole, that whole event there. And, and finally now, Moses is off the scene, Joshua has come on the scene, and he is the leader, and they are, they are going into the promised land. And as they're crossing Jordan, God gives them some instructions about what they were going to do. Uh, and what he instructs them to do is all based on the next generation. He, he gives them this instruction that I want you to take 12 stones. And I want you to take those stones out of the midst of the, the Jordan. And he said, and I want you to take those and, and set up a memorial wherever we, you are going to stay that night. Well, they, they ended up staying in Gilgal. And so Gilgal became a very special place uh, of memory. And, and you can look at that throughout Scripture, how there are many different events that took place in Gilgal. But, but here what they did is they were to set up uh, these, this memorial here. So let's look again at our passage of scripture. Uh, it says here in uh, verse number three of Joshua four, he said, and command ye them saying, take you hence out of the midst of Jordan, out of the place where the priest's feet stood firm, 12 stones, and ye shall carry them over with you and leave them in the lodging place where ye shall lodge this night. Then Joshua called the 12 men whom he had prepared of the children of Israel out of every tribe a man. And Joshua said unto them, pass over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of Jordan and take ye up every man of you a stone upon his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, that this may be a sign among you that when your children ask their fathers in time to come saying, what mean ye by these stones? Then ye shall answer them that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off and these stones shall be for a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. So here what we find is God's people were given some instruction. God wanted them to be able to pass something 
on. He wanted them to be able to, uh, to pass on this victorious event where God took them out of, uh, out of the wilderness and was going to bring them into the promised land. He wanted them to remember what was going on. But it wasn't about them remembering. It was about the next generation. You know, life is not just about us. It is easy to be caught up with us, isn't it? It's easy to get caught up with our life and our dreams and our joys and our pleasures and our desires. But here God is bringing to the forefront of their mind in a time of victory. This was a memorable event for them. I mean, think about this. All of these people, they have been wandering and wandering and wandering, waiting for those that uh, God had said uh, that were 20 years old and older uh, up until uh, when, when, they, when they did not go into the promised land. And God said, okay, uh, those people will not enter in. So there was a 40-year death march. Everybody else, those that were 20 and below and those that were born uh, during this time now they are all uh, at this at this place and they're finally getting to go over Jordan they're finally being able to take that step and go into Canaan and there was there was this was a memorable event this was a momentous event in their life uh, they were getting out of a place of judgment and going toward the land that flowed with milk and honey that was a that was something to look forward to. But God didn't bring the attention to their memory. God said, I want you to prepare for those that are coming after you. I want you to make sure that your children, when they ask, what mean ye these stones? I want you to be able to tell them what this whole event was about because there's coming a day where there's somebody else that did not see these blessings. And you need to be able to convey that to this next generation. And tonight, that's what I want to speak to you on is the next generation. And several things that we can see about this. I want you to see, first of all, that there's an obligation there is an obligation to the next generation. It is not something that we just uh, casually can look at. Uh, our responsibility for those that are coming behind us, we carry a great obligation for that. Uh, for those that uh, our children and our grandchildren, those that are coming behind, uh, there ought to, there is an obligation that we carry. Maybe you don't have children, and maybe you don't have any grandchildren. There are still people that are coming behind you. And there's an obligation that each of us have for the succeeding generations. The Jews understood this great obligation. Uh, they had to pass along their faith to the succeeding generations. This was something that was ingrained in them. This was something that was part of their, their culture, their society, uh, their faith, and their belief system uh, was, was not shallow acknowledgments that they looked at annually. These were things that they they lived in their life. And I'm so thankful for the amount of people that, uh, that we have that are just faithful in their faith and just serving and uh, week in and week out and year in and year out. People that have not just uh, casually tipped their hat to God, but yet have lived a life of faith. You know what? That is what we are supposed to do. And not only are we supposed to live that life of faith, we are to pass that on uh, to those that are coming behind us. Uh, take your Bibles and go to Deuteronomy chapter number 6. 
You see, this was ingrained in them uh, because God's word had said that they were to, uh, to, to teach that next generation. Uh, God has a plan, amen? And God's plan works. God's plan works. And we need to follow the recipe. We need to follow uh, the, the plan that God has. Uh, people in our day, we're always looking for a new strategy. On some things, there's no new strategy needed. We just need to open up the old book and find out what God said and follow what he said and allow God to work in the hearts of us as well as those that uh, we are serving. And so Deuteronomy chapter 6, look with me at verse number 6. We'll read down through verse 12. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes, and shalt write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gates. And it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the the land which he swear unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities which thou buildest not, and houses full of all good things which thou fillest not, and wells digged which thou diggest not, and vineyards and olive trees which thou plantest not, when thou shalt have eaten and be full. Then beware, lest thou forget the Lord which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. You see, uh, here what we find though, is that God is saying, uh, there are blessings that you are going to get to enjoy, but I want to make sure that you are, uh, you are not only seeing them uh, in your life, but you are showing them to your children. You are to talk of them when we walk by the way. We are to, uh, to, to follow them. He said, uh, we shall teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. What is it? It is just investing in that next generation. That next generation, uh, it is very different from our Western culture. Matter of fact, our Western culture, it's, let's just let the schools teach them. And that goes for the Christian school as well for the public school. It's not, the, it's not the Christian school's job to teach your kids. We are just coming alongside to partner with you to help teach what you're to be teaching already. And as we are, as we are just delegating this responsibility, we may feel like we can delegate it to someone else, but you can't delegate it in God's eyes. We are the ones that are responsible. Uh, you're responsible for your children. We are responsible uh, to teach that next generation. And, uh, and, and here, when we look at uh, the culture of today, uh, oftentimes uh, bus routes aren't running right now, but uh, even when they were running, sometimes you'd go and you'd see whether or not the kids were coming. And the parents would say, well, you know, uh, I'm not going to make them go to church. Uh, we just let them make that decision on their own. Isn't it amazing how we can let a nine-year-old decide whether what they're going to do and what they're not going to do. 
But they don't let them decide what they're going to do if they're going to go to school or whether they're going to take a bath or whether they're going to change their clothes or all of these other areas. But when it comes to the most important thing in life, which is a relationship with God, we'll let them make that decision. And that's not acceptable. And it's not acceptable with our kids either. You know, your kids shouldn't determine whether or not you go to church or not. Amen. There was a song, uh, the, uh, I'm trying to think, the Bob Wills singing family. They used to sing it, uh, and I can't remember what the name of the song was, but uh, one line of it said, uh, the whole family had to stay home just, just to blow that poor kid's nose. Uh, and, you know, there was just uh, how sometimes there, uh, there are excuses, and we're, we sort of look for some of those. But the responsibility to pass on uh, to the next generation our faith, uh, this isn't something that is a passive activity. Uh, We've got to make sure that we are doing everything that we can uh, to pass these truths off uh, for those that are, that are coming behind. Uh, we are to, uh, to uh, receive uh, what the, the children are receive what we were taught. Uh, they are to be, to be taught what we were taught. Uh, we're to teach them diligently and consistently and continually uh, what that next generation needs to be taught. 2 Timothy 2.2, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. So there's not only the teaching, uh, there's also that reminding uh, of what they were taught. They were to bind it for a sign before them. It, it was to be that everywhere they looked, they were reminded of the things that they were supposed to know about God. The guidelines, if you would. The the. Uh, directions. He said to write them upon the post of thy house, thy gates, uh, the entrance to the property, the entrance to the dwelling place. Uh, there was supposed to be a sp- some spiritual insight. You know, everything in the believer's life should be a reminder about our relationship with God. Amen. It ought, to, it ought to be uh, just coming out of us. Our faith isn't something that we should have to work up to talk about. Our faith is something that should just pour out. It should just be something that is just the normal outflow of who we are. And the ones that are closest to us should see it the clearest. Uh, they should see that, that faithfulness. They should see that love for God. They should see that faith. There ought to be that, that, that our kids are, are growing up and seeing uh, the, the faith of our fathers, the faith of their parents uh, serving the Lord and going the right direction. Uh, Martin Martin Luther, uh, he, he wrote that he had a fear. Uh, Martin Luther uh, was, a, was a, uh, the, the revolutionist, if you would, uh, reformer, I mean, and he, he died in 1546 at the age of 63. And Martin Luther, uh, this was his fear. He warned, I am much afraid that all the universities will prove to be the gates to hell unless they diligently labor to ex- explain the holy scriptures and to engrave them upon the hearts of the youth. I advise no one to place his child where the scriptures do not reign paramount. Every institution where men are not unceasingly occupied with the word of God must become corrupt. Now, we think that uh, we listen to that warning Morning from 1546, and we wonder how much worse it is today. 
If, if he was afraid of the universities being places that were corrupt and were not teaching the principles and truths of the scripture, if he felt that that was the case in 1546, I wonder uh, how, how worse it is today and, and the undermining of faith. Uh, we, I, was, I was looking and uh, there was a quote uh, and it said, a knowledge of the Bible without a college course is more valuable than a college course without a Bible. You know, we, we have to recognize that our faith being passed off to our children is more valuable than just possessions, than just a good work ethic, than just a knowledge, than just the, a, a, a career track. You know what? If we are following the Lord's direction, all of those things just fall into place. You know, if you, are, if you are teaching your children uh, the Word of God, they are going to have a good work ethic, and they are going to know, uh, they are going to be diligent. They are going to study. Uh, the Bible teaches us uh, that we are to do all things to the glory of God, whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. It is going to ingrain in them a, a high uh, a high uh, bar of excellence in everything, if they're following the scriptures, it is going to bring in them and build in them that desire to do everything to their best of their ability because it's not just about succeeding down here. It's about pleasing God. And so, so as a Christian, when we are teaching our children the, our faith and we are handing off our faith, that is the greatest thing that we can give them because it will impact every other area of their life. It will impact their marriage. It will impact their career. It will impact their, their ability to, to relate uh, down here. It will also impact their eternal destiny. And we've got to make sure that we are passing that off. There is a great obligation. Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. You know, that admonition is given to us by God. And that is an obligation. A great admonition of education. It begins with the education of God. So we see the obligation. Secondly, I want to see some observations. Some observations. What are some things that, that we can do as we are endeavoring to, to hand our faith off and investing uh, in that following generation? First of all, I want you to see that you and I need to honor the Lord in our lives. Honor the Lord in our lives. You see, uh, the, the most important things in life, they're caught, they're not taught. You know, someone said your walk talks and your talk talks, but your walk talks louder than your talk talks. And just because we can say all the right things does not mean that we are giving the greatest lesson. The greatest lesson that any of us can give is by our life. It's our testimony. It is, it is us living in such a way that others can look at us and say, that's how a Christian ought to live. That is how uh, a man is to live. That is how a lady ought to live. That is how a godly person is supposed to conduct themselves. Uh, Mark chapter 12 and verse 30. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. Revelation 4.11. Uh, thou art worthy, O 
O Lord, to receive honor and glory and blessing, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. You see, one of the greatest things that we can do as we are passing off our faith is to live and honor the Lord, honor the Lord with our life. Secondly, remember his mighty works. Remember what God has done. You know what? As we remember what God does, it just helps keep us connected. You stop and you think about all that God has done in the past. That helps you to to recognize that God can take care of my present. And that's why God's emphasis was so, so high for these these people to take those stones out of the midst of Jordan. And they were to set those stones, these stones that that, uh, were were, uh, worn down by the water. These stones that were all the rough edges had been taken off. And now they are several miles from this place of water. And they're out in this, uh, the land, the desert there. And and they, they have these river rocks. They were taken from the middle of Jordan. And now when the kids would ask, hey, what's up with this memorial? These, these 12 stones, these big stones, what, what's, what does that mean? It was, a, it was an opportunity to point back at the wonderful works, how God brought them across the Jordan River on dry ground. You know, as we share the past events that God has done, his, his mighty works, it helps build our faith and it helps convey how great of a God that we have to that next generation. First Chronicles 16, 12, remember his marvelous works uh, that he hath done, his wonders and the judgments of his mouth. Job 36, 24, remember that thou magnify his work which men beheld. Psalm 77, 11, I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember thy wonders of old. Uh, Psalm 111, 4, he hath made his wonderful works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. And you and I, we are to, uh, to just honor the Lord with the things that he has done. Uh, so, so here, uh, we need to honor the Lord in our lives. We need to remember his mighty works. Thirdly, we need to relay God's blessings to the next generation. Relay God's blessings to the next generation. God has blessed every one of us. God is so good. You know, you think about all the blessings that that we have enjoyed. You think about just the freedoms. and, And though we have a lot of issues in our nation, we have a wonderful country. We are so blessed. You look around the world and you look at the events that are taking place, the atrocities that go on. uh, Just just looking at some of the the articles that are coming out of Voices of the Martyrs and and, and how people today are being persecuted uh, to death, losing their life for the faith. We are so blessed. They're talking about trying to smuggle Bibles into some countries and we're going to end up having a drive. I'm excited about it. They have, they're taking just little SD cards, the little micro SD cards. And they're putting Bibles on them. So, so they, can, they can get Bibles to places around the world that if they get caught with a Bible, they lose their life. And here we have how many Bibles in our homes? 
How many Bibles do we have that we never even pick up? We never even read. How often does our Bible sit on our coffee table or in the dash of our vehicle just waiting for the next service? And here there are people that are, would love to have a copy of the Word of God and they don't have one. We are so blessed. God has been so good to us. And we, uh, through his sovereign plan, somehow God has placed us in America. God has allowed us uh, to be in this country. God has allowed us uh, to have the freedoms that we get to enjoy. God has allowed us to hear the good news of the gospel. Out of all the people in the world who have never heard the plan of salvation, you and I have heard the plan of salvation. Uh, to be able to be a child of God, uh, what greater joy is there in life than being a child of God? Having your sins forgiven and your name written down in the Lamb's book of life. Uh, God is your Father and Jesus is your Savior. The blessed Holy Spirit indwells the believer. There are a lot of blessings that we have. We've got to convey how good God is to the next generation. But you know what? We won't convey it if we don't think about it. The saying that a thankful people is a thinking people. And that rings true. It rings true in our own lives. Because if we're not careful, we can just look at all of our problems. And all of our problems can stop us from conveying how good God is. And unfortunately, there are a lot of kids that are not in church because they didn't see how good God is. And that's, a, that's sad. We want that, that next generation. We've got to relay God's blessings to the next generation. Joshua 4 and verse 4. Uh, then Joshua called the 12 men whom he had prepared of the children of Israel out of every tribe of man. And Joshua said uh, unto them, Pass over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of Jordan and take ye up every man a stone upon his shoulder according to the number of the children of the tribes of the children of Israel that, that this may be a sign among you that when your children ask their fathers it is not an if it is a win it's a win and here we are to be setting up things we are to be living a life we are to be pointing them to the miracles of God we are to be pointing them to the blessings of God so when they start asking questions we can tell them about how good God is you know, in your life, could you name five things about how good God is? I hope so. Could you, could you stop and tell your kids about ten things about how good God is? You know, when we stop, sometimes we draw a blank on the blessings of God. See, oh, pastor, I never draw a blank on how good God is then how come you get quiet when it comes to testifying? <laughs> we start passing microphones around and giving testimonies. All of a sudden, it's like, whoop. What is it? Is it that God hasn't been good all week? No, it's just that we lost sight of what God was doing. 
We sort of get caught up in life. If we are going to be able to convey the goodness of God to the next generation, then we've got to make sure that we are looking out how good God is. We are thinking about how good God is. We are meditating on the blessings of God. Uh, why? So when somebody asks a question, we should be able to give an answer of the hope that is in us. And here, uh, these things should, should point other people to the Savior. And here, the next generation, God was so concerned that that next generation who was not going to see this miracle, they would at least get to hear about it. And there are a lot of miracles that we weren't there for. But we've got a book that tells us of them. But there are a lot of miracles that God does in our life all the time. The Bible says he daily loadeth us with benefits. Daily. That, that means that God did something for me today. God did something for you today. We sing the song, count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings. See what God hath done. You see, the blessings of the past, uh, we should be conveying that. Uh, think about your salvation. That is a blessing that God uh, has given to you, that you're saved. Your testimony. When was the last time you shared your testimony with somebody? Everybody knows my testimony. I tell it on the first and third Sunday of every month. You know what? I am not over my salvation testimony. I don't plan on getting over my salvation testimony. And, you know, as I tell my salvation testimony, you know what happens? Not only is it telling somebody else, what it does to my own soul, just thinking about what God has done for me. It is just a blessing. And we need to convey uh, the blessings of the past, our salvation, our testimony, our journey of faith. Every one of us have a different journey. And God has allowed you to experience different things. And that is a unique journey. And you know what? You should be able to convey how good God is because of the journey that he has taken you through. Some of the journey may be through a valley. Some of that journey might be on a mountaintop. But God has led you through a journey. And that should cause us to convey that to the next, uh, that next generation. Uh, the blessings of the past. The blessings of being a part. Being a participant in what God does. You know, the Christian life is not a spectator sport. You know, I love baseball. I'm not that great at it, but I love baseball. I enjoy it. But you turn a baseball game on the TV, and I'd rather watch golf. It's like watching paint dry. It is just as boring as can be to me. Uh, now, you go to the game, and I enjoy it. But just watching on the, on the TV, it's like, no way. Uh, all those games, it just gets way too old. Uh, but, you know, the Christian life, it's not just sitting on the spectator's seat. We get to engage in it. We get to be a part of it. How blessed we are to be able to serve the Lord. Praise the Lord. Teachers that just taught today, what a blessing. What a blessing. I mean, just think. I mean, a year ago, when all of a sudden everything came to a halt, and everything went online, and every ministry was stopped, 
What a blessing to be able to be a participant, to be able to serve God. You know, sometimes if we're not careful, we can, we can get negative about service for God. Serving God is not a negative. God said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, I'm not saying that we can't get involved in so many things that it is overwhelming. We could. And we've got to be careful on that. But at the same time, as we are serving, it is an honor to serve God. The blessings of being a part, how blessed we are to be able to serve the Lord. The blessings that come from serving the Lord. All of the things that God does in our life, all of the blessings that we get to enjoy, it's amazing. You know, being able to lay your head on your pillow at night without regret, without guilt, that's a blessing. Just following God's plan. It is so vital. I think about Hezekiah. In uh, 2 Kings chapter 20, and verse number 1, the Bible says, In those days was Hezekiah sick unto death. And the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, came to him and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. Then he turned his face unto the wall and prayed unto the Lord, saying, I beseech thee, O Lord, remember now how I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart and have done that which is good in thy sight. And Hezekiah wept sore. And it came to pass, afore Isaiah was gone out into the middle court, that the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Turn again and tell Hezekiah, the captain of my people, Thus saith the Lord, the God of David thy father, I have heard thy prayer, I have seen thy tears. Behold, I will heal thee. On the third day thou shalt go up unto the house of the Lord. And I will add unto thy days fifteen years, and I will deliver thee and this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria, and I will defend this city for mine own sake and for my servant David's sake. So Hezekiah here had, had been given uh, the, 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 the word from God that his life was going to be over. Set thine house in order. Thou shalt surely die. And you're thinking about that kind of a proclamation coming from God. Isaiah the prophet brings it to him. And king of Judah, Hezekiah, comes and now he turns before God and he prays. And God does decide that he's going to heal him. But when you look down to verse 16 to 19, there's some alarming uh, words that he uses here in 2 Kings 20. It says, And Isaiah said unto Hezekiah, Hear the word of the Lord. Behold, the days come that all that is in thine house... And that which thy fathers have laid up in store unto this day shall be carried into Babylon. Nothing shall be left, saith the Lord. And of thy sons that shall issue from thee, which thou shalt beget, shall they take away, and they shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. And Then said Hezekiah unto Isaiah, Good is the word of the Lord which thou hast spoken. And he said, Is it not good if peace and truth be in my days? Now notice what he's saying here. The proclamation comes that you are going to live, but just know that your children are going to be taken away as slaves. Your land is going to be destroyed. 
all the possessions of everybody that had saved up to this point, uh, your house. He said, it's all going to be taken away captive. Hezekiah said, sounds good to me, as long as it's good for my life. we got to get our eyes off our life. Because there is a generation coming behind us. And we've got to recognize that our investment in that coming generation is vital. You know, salvation is a wonderful thing if you have it. And it's terrible if somebody else does not. What could be worse than not handing our faith off to our, our own families, our own children? What could be worse than not handing the faith down to the next generation of those to whom we had influence? I'm so thankful that we've got a church that has all the generations. I'm so thankful that we've got a church where we are investing in those, those coming generations. But that happens when everybody stays engaged. We've got to stay engaged. It's got to be a part of our focus. We can't just say, well, you know, uh, what do I get? It needs to be what is, I need to learn why. So I can pass it off to somebody else. So I can hand that off to somebody else. The next generation. The future of the church is in the next generation. If God tarries is coming, uh, the future of Bible Baptist Church and every other church that holds up the truth of the Word of God, the future is in the coming generation. Uh, they say that 300 churches, this is pre-COVID, 300 churches a month are closing in the United States. You know why? Because they're not reaching the next generation. The young people are not coming, and the old people are dying off, and the church doors close. That could happen to any church. That could happen to ours. We've got to make sure that we don't lose focus on the next generation. Father, I pray that you'd help us. Thank you for your goodness to us. And, and Lord, help us to be mindful of those that are coming behind. And Lord, as we are engaging and we are learning, as we are growing, uh, I pray that you would help us uh, to recognize uh, and the responsibility that we have, that great obligation to take what we learn and to hand it off to others. And so help us, Lord, not to be uh, focused just on ourselves, uh, but those that we sit alongside, those who we come in contact with, those that are coming behind. Lord, truly help us to invest in those uh, that are around us. So help us now in our own faith uh, to grow and to be strengthened, to be built up. Uh, but Lord, help us uh, to be able to take what we get and hand it off to that next generation. Let's all stand together. The instruments will play. If the Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.